And I don't think people get a pass for doing things that they know harm other people. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and you probably know the drill by now. Uh, our topic for today uh, is one of those binary topics. We got two binary topics this week. People seem to like those, where we juxtapose those two together. And the first one comes from a member. It's a member suggestion who uh, thought maybe we could talk a little bit about Hansen's razor. I'd never heard it described that way before, uh, Zoe, but I did know the, the, the sentence. And this is what Hansen's razor says. By the way, it's like Occam's razor, when, mm. which is essentially the, all other things being equal, the simplest explanation is the most likely one. But Hansen's razor reads as follows. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. So malice versus stupidity. I thought maybe we'd just kind of go around the horn here and talk about uh, which one we think these things are as we see these assaults on the foundations of this country. Are they driven by malice? Or they're driven by stupidity. And before we really get into some details, the thing that I've seemed to notice as a pattern is that the higher up you go on the food chain, the more it turns from stupidity into malice. Mm. And when I say stupidity, that's probably not the right word in most of these cases. Probably most of these cases I mean in uh, ignorance. Because I think that the vast majority of Americans who vote and support these things that are very destructive do so out of ignorance. They're not doing it out of malice. They, they just have never heard anything other than what the news tells them, and, and they've been told that Dr. Fauci's an expert and, and all of this stuff. So that's mostly stupidity or, or ignorance. But the people who are creating these stories, that's not ignorance or stupidity. That's actual malice. And so I thought maybe I'd, first I get your, your view on that, and then we'll take a look at some specifics. Who do you think is being malicious and who do you think is being stupid? Yeah, it's it's not that these people are, are are stupid or anything like that. They're they're just really plagued with self righteousness. Uh, their worldview, their worldview is what's dumb. Not that they're particularly stupid. That kind of shows in how effective they are at promoting their worldview. I mean, not to sound you know really derogatory, but it's almost like they're better at being stupid than we are at being smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, they're really good. At, you know, it's like we look at them and we're like, oh, my goodness, how dumb. Kid. But they're running everything. We're like rats mm -hmm. in their maze. You know, even Biden, man, we're looking at this guy and it's like, man, uh, I, there's a lot of ineptitude. That's a word, right? There's a lot that's going on yeah. here. But this guy was able to slash. He, he was able to slide by Trump, you know, and. So you got to wonder, are these people just are they dumb or are they evil geniuses? Well, my point is that, is that the people that legitimately voted for Biden were not malicious. Mm. They just, I think, were ignorant of what the, what the choices actually were. They certainly didn't have the information that most conservatives have because we have to go digging for information. This is the source of the entire problem and the source of most of the problem in the country right now is that a small group, is my opinion, a small group of malicious people are promoting through every loudspeaker possible a malicious and evil narrative that is then being ignorantly or stupidly accepted by people who are not malicious. They're just, they're just, this is what they're told. Let's take Fauci, for example. Uh, 
it's clear from the beginning. Fauci apparently, I saw a video of him in the 80s as a young guy, basically saying when he was doing AIDS research, he, I think he said, you, you could possibly catch AIDS from, AIDS from standing next to somebody who had AIDS, which is, of course, utterly absurd. Mm. In fact, when you look at the actual data from the time, what you find is the only people that really contracted AIDS were people who had enormously suppressed immune systems. I had a chance to talk to a leading AIDS researcher at that time and said that AIDS was a relatively weak virus and was only able to get a hold on people whose, whose immune system had been badly suppressed. So he had a record of saying that in the 80s. In 2000, he did a bunch of these experiments and so on. His, his fingerprints are all over uh, the coronavirus thing. So when Fauci comes on television and, and issues a statement like, no, we didn't do gain-of-function uh, fu gain research, he doesn't, get, he doesn't get the defense of ignorance or stupidity. That's malice. That's mm -hmm. just plain lying for evil purposes by an evil man who knows that he's done something wrong. Now, would you agree with that anyway, or do you think he has a justification in his mind that is somehow exculpatory? Could, could you give an example of, of anybody that does something that I guess halfway well-adjusted people would, would qualify as, as evil, but... Mm -hmm. What in their minds, can you can you think of an example where somebody's just like didn't find a redeeming value in it? Some sort of benefit, something that you, you know I'll what I'm see saying? Where you're going. Yeah, so let me give you my this is my opinion on Fauci. My opinion. My opinion is that he's an extraordinarily arrogant man and has been his entire life. Mm -hmm. The best case I can make for Fauci is also what I think is probably the most likely case. Fauci felt that research into these spike protein things might be a defense against AIDS and, and, a, and a way of essentially vaccinating you for life against everything. Now, he benefited from this financially, but the best possible face I can put on this guy is that he wanted to do this research. He was banned, I think it was 2012, or it might have been 14. He was, he was stopped by doing it by the U.S. government. The Obama administration said, this is too dangerous, don't do this. So then he took money, sent it through this third party, and then it went to Wuhan. They continued with their experimentation, and we all know the rest. The best interpretation that you can put on that is that he had an absolute fundamental belief that this would do more good than harm, and so he went around and circumvented the law. But that's not what I'm talking about. Right now, when he's being questioned about that, he's lying, mm -hmm. and he knows he's lying, and everybody knows he's lying, and the Defense Department memos that... Veritas un uncovered prove he's lying. So when we see him testifying now, he is doing everything in his power to avoid getting in trouble, and he's taking the rest of the country with him. Sure, sure. But in his arrogance, I don't know anybody who doesn't feel like they're entitled to their arrogance or their hubris. Um, and even what he's doing right now, um, in his mind, uh, yeah, he's lying. Not could it be that it's not because he thinks that he did something wrong, but in his mind, the he's world trying to protect, perceives trying to protect the good that he did. Yeah. Well, he's trying to protect the good, but he knows that the world perceives what he's doing is wrong. Not the world, but his his con uh, uh, contractors or or uh, detractors. They think what he's doing is wrong. 
And he has to find a way to justify himself, even if he justifies lying. And even to him, maybe he's just like in such deep denial. I mean, Bill, man, we, we've seen people. I've, I've done it myself. <laughs> I've done it myself right. where you've been caught red handed with something and to save face and, and, because you know that there's something that you just got to protect, but it's a lie. And they know it's a lie, but you're going to stick to that lie, you know, to save face in whichever, because you just think it's the right thing to do. Well, isn't, saving face, isn't saving face by lying, especially when we're not talking about a guy who's like an Enron executive, when we're talking about a guy whose lies then impact the entire behavior of the rest of the country. You don't see that as malicious? Let me rephrase the question. Mm. Have you, can you think of an example of malicious behavior where people do things, malicious means basically doing something with, with evil intent, doing, doing intentional harm is, is malice. I think, I think uh, we can all relate to 9-11, you know? Okay. How can, how can anybody not see that as malicious, but the people who did it really thought that they, their, their jihad is just. Right. And, and then you got those who don't even believe that it was them who did it. That was an inside job. And now, all right, for so even those who do the inside job. So let's try. So let's see if we can put a stake in this and nail this thing down. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I thought it was an incredibly malicious act, but mm-hmm. the people who did it didn't. They thought it was a virtuous act. Mm-hmm. So were the attacks of 9-11 malicious in terms of the absolute good or evil that we both believe in? Well, or even say, for instance, uh, Hitler, right? Mm-hmm. Hitler said, if, 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 uh, if I read correctly, he said that I'm doing the Lord's work. Now He didn't say the Lord's work. He said he's doing the work. Uh, he's doing Germany's work. He's basically the Volk is the term, the, 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 the people. He's, he's the only leader that he, Hitler's position was he was the only leader that Germany had ever produced who had the strength of will to do this extermination of the Jews for what he considered to be the good of the German people. Okay, thank, thank you for clearing that up. Now, just for the sake of, of making the point, because I have seen, I've, I've seen that in historical narratives. So let's just say that th- he did say, I'm doing the Lord's work. And I'm not okay. saying that that's what he said, I absolutely understand. or not. All right, that's um, his attitude, though. However, he's not the only person to ever express such sentiments. I mean, even when people, uh, whether it's the Inquisition, uh, whether it's uh, people who have misread the word of God and thinking that they're doing these things. These people do are thinking that they're doing good things. They think that they're doing good when All it's right. evil. When the Lord well, himself said, they will kill you and they will say that they are doing it for me. And this is one of the okay. reasons why the Lord says, do not take my name in vain. Right. Don't be going out there and uh, exacting evil against people and saying that I gave you the authority to do it. Slavery. Same thing. Slavery is an evil stain on our country. What was one of the justifications for people doing it? Well, the Bible says that slavery is okay. Really? I mean, because you kind of like missed this part right here. It says when you kidnap somebody and you make a market of them for your own pleasure or make a market of them, that's punishable by death. You know, so but people will justify themselves in saying that it's okay, and they don't see the evil in it. Matter of fact, we did it for their own good. Okay, well, uh, I'll I'll walk with you for a little bit further, um, and say that Hitler thought that he was doing what he thought was best for the German Volk when he committed this horrendous atrocity. But at the very end of the war, when he knew the war was over and he's locked in his bunker, he basically he knew there were were hundreds of thousands of Germans hiding in the. Um, in the subways, in the metros, from the from the bombing and from the Russian attack. And he said, flood it. 
make it more difficult for the Russians, blow up the bridges so that they don't have anything. The German people have proven unworthy of my leadership, therefore they deserve to die and therefore bring it all down with me. It's Gotterdammerung, it's the end of the world, it's, mm. the, it's the twilight of the gods. Is that malicious? Now, if, if Hitler believing, which he did, believing that his cause is so just and so right, uh, and I mean, just, I guess, ordained from whatever it is, a higher power that he believes in, um, then according to him, he was doing the rights. He was, you know, he was going for this absolution. He was well, right in his mind. Here's my problem. Uh, and I'm seeing this uh, quite a bit. And, and I'm not really so much accusing you of this, but I think it's it, it deserves to be addressed. Mm. There, there comes a point when, when excuses and, and explanations and so on essentially remove culpability or guilt from anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, you, if you follow this line of reasoning, then you can't say that evil was a Hitler person. Hitler was an evil guy because Hitler was doing what he thought was best. He was actually a virtuous guy. And, and, and if, you, if you follow that line, you end up with absolute moral relativity and no ability to judge right or wrong and decide whether or not you should oppose this action or, or not oppose it. And this is the, the reason I think this is an important topic. Mm. I, I, know, uh, I know Scott feels this way about a lot of things. He feels that, that, that it's a question of, 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 of not trying to understand the motives of the other side or what the other side believes and that essentially the thing is, is largely a, 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 either a misunderstanding or an honest differing opinion and so on. And I don't mean to signal him out or speak for him. It's just the, the, the impression I've gotten. And I'm sure Scott will write a comment about this uh, himself. <laughs> but there comes a point when, when this kind of open-mindedness becomes morally useless, mm. where it becomes impossible to, to define down things that are just plain wrong. Um, I know Scott feels, and I know you feel, that abortion is, is, an, is an evil, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. That it's morally evil. And, and I would agree that it's morally evil, mm -hmm. but you can say that the people who, who perform and, and who go in for abortions aren't saying, well, how can I be evil today? They're justifying it as their own choice. So how do we, so how do we decide whether or not there is in fact an absolute right or wrong or whether everything is determined by your point of view on things. Oh, exactly. I don't think that Hitler, mm. having what he thought was good intentions, excuses him from having little three-year-old girls put up on the edge of a pit and shot in the back of the head. I don't, I don't find that any justification for that. And now we're down to the, to the, to the main vein, I think. Mm -hmm. And that is that collectivists have always had this, the ends justify the means kind of thing. Right. And certainly Fauci, in, in the best, in the best uh, face you could put on Fauci, is an ends justifies the means kind of guy. Um, but the ends don't justify the means. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't want to be part of a society that achieves whatever it's achieving through those um, through those uh, mechanisms. Somebody asked a, 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 the question, you know, when in the uh, it's probably in the '60s, I guess, when they realized that the Soviets had killed at least 10 million people, at least 20 and, and more. But somebody said, "Do you do you think it's worth the death of 10 million people to create a utopia where everybody's just happy after that?" 
the utopia never existed, but that wasn't even the question. The question was assuming you could have a utopia, would it be worth 10 million people being murdered in order to achieve it? And this guy who was a big supporter of communism said, yeah, absolutely. And my position and most people's position would be, I don't want to live in a world, I don't care how perfect the world is. If, if the cost of that world is 10 million people murdered, it's not a foundation I, I can live under. So, so malice has a meaning. There is such a thing as malice. And you can't just say that, well, everybody who does something atrocious or appalling had a noble reason for doing it. At least that's what it sounds like to me. Justifying, if they've justified this for themselves, that's in their mind. They haven't justified it in my mind. I know that what they have done is evil and I make no excuses for these people whatsoever. It doesn't get but, them off the hook for them to assume that what they're doing is for the greater cause. Cause here's the bottom line. It's, it's these kind of things where it's like, yeah, but you should know better. Now, if you're gonna try to make it, you're gonna have to do a bunch of mental gymnastics and contortions to try to think that what you did was okay. The ends justifies the mean and all that sort of stuff. It does get down to the nitty gritty that what you did is evil. And it's not only is what you did evil, you are evil in lying to yourself and trying to convince, that you're, convince yourself that what you did is okay. This is well, wickedness. If you're lying to yourself, mm -hmm. that means that on some level, you know you're doing something wrong and yes. you are lying to yourself, justifying it. So in so it ultimately resolves itself down to no, you are being malicious. Right. And you are and you are being malicious because you're being selfish, right? You're doing something that you know harms other people because mm -hmm. it's what you want to do. Correct. Yeah, yeah, like I said. So the, yeah, we're getting down to the need degree. We're not trying to say that. I hope folks don't understand that it's it's not an elimination of malicious behavior or being malicious is something arbitrary uh, or something that can't be defined. Absolutely, it can. But I think a big part of it is or how how it uh, perpetuates itself is that people are thinking that they're doing good. Let me rephrase that. They have to convince themselves that they're doing good. Okay. So now we're getting down to what malice may actually be. Mm. Malice is the ability to convince yourself that you are doing something good when you know you're doing something wrong. Mm. Yes, that's what it comes down to. You know, because any whenever when any sin that somebody puts against another person, they they're gonna justify itself uh, themselves for it. Uh, this person deserved it. I deserved it. This person has enough. This person was asking for it, whichever. You know, and, when, and when they try to do these things in secret, you know, it's like, it's not like you're gonna, well, I guess, unless you're that person on a train in, in Pennsylvania who was committing sexual assault on that woman and people just sat by and watched. But generally, if somebody's going to sexually assault somebody, they're gonna do it in secret. That alone lets them know that, dude, you're doing something wrong. But right. they think that they're entitled to it though. I personally think that there is, in fact, such a thing as actual malice, and I think I see examples of it all the yeah. time. I think anybody who, who pushes somebody down a hill or down the stairs or, or makes somebody fall or, or, or somebody playing the, the, the knockout game, which seems to have died off, fortunately, you're just walking down the street and then just cold cocking a, a completely innocent person and knocking them down, there's no other explanation for that than malice. It's just plain malice. It's 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 hatred and hostility towards other people that that you are acting out on. That's a malicious act, and there's no way to justify it. 
you, you can make an attempt. I'm sure the, the person who does it is saying, well, you know, this is white people did this to the, whatever. But it's a malicious act. Yes. And, and, and malice is real. And, and in terms of the malice versus ignorance thing, if I had to guess, I would say that of all the people who, who vote for and do things that we consider to be destructive to America, I would say no more than 20% of them are malicious. The big majority of them are, are simply uh, ignorant. They're not stupid, although that's the word he used in, 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 in a more cynical sense. But they're, they're ignorant and they just don't know any better. And that's good news because those people can be converted. But the malicious ones, no. There are people who actively, openly try to destroy this country. And, and look, if you, if you are either the president of the United States or the son of the president of the United States, and you take a big old check from China in order to do something that you know weakens the defense of the country that you are born in, whether you're a, a president, president's son, or just a citizen, that's a malicious act. It's a malicious act, and it carries with it a moral opprobrium that's, that's, a, that's appropriate to malicious acts. Definitely, definitely. And, and once again, not trying to say that there is no malice. The malice in itself is even a person deceiving themselves. They're being deceptive, a, a, a deceitful mind, a reprobate mind. That in itself is evil. No matter how they, much they may try to do, uh, uh, you know, want to try to sell, tell themselves that they're doing good. There are people who want to destroy this country. Um, and, and even if a person like you and you already touched on it, like a person playing the knockout game and they do make those justifi justifications to themselves, just like you said, well, white people deserved it and all that sort of stuff. It's still evil. All right. You're going to go and you're going to take out this this kind of vigilante justice without due process or anything like that. Man, we have a system for that. You know, maybe. They, but at the same time, well, they're like, well, the system failed us. So we're going to go to the streets and we're going to exact our own street justice. You know, these people, I hear these arguments and they make these arguments to themselves all the time. You know, our constitution talks about people being rebellious, but when people are, people are going to be rebellious, we call them a rebel with a cause, rebel without a cause, but there's still that cause and effect thing that makes them think that I am justified to do this. I know other people will see it as evil, but to me, I'm going to convince myself which is evil because they're lying to themselves. And that's where the malice comes in. And sometimes like people can look at the truth, just look right at it, look right at it and just be in full denial. It's malice. Well, I'll close with them um, with this uh, little example. Um, I had always had a particular contempt for Mike Tyson, the boxer. And recently I saw a number of interviews with him, little 60 second short clips. He's an older man now. He's practically an old man. And he has changed quite a bit. I mean, he really has. He has, he has become a much more thoughtful and a much more aware, uh, certainly a more gentle person, and, and, and impressed me with the introspection that I never thought he was capable of. But put that aside. If you go back to the, to the fight, what, I think it was Holyfield, right, where he bit the ear off yeah. practically. In a boxing match, needless to say, we all know what boxing is. And you've done a, just a ton of martial arts, so you're uniquely qualified to, to comment on this. You get into a ring with somebody and somebody hits you in the face. It provokes a violent reaction, and that's what people are paying to see is the violent reaction. So emotions are running very, very high, obviously. At least they seem to be. And I don't know how long I could be punched in the face, probably just once would do it, but I don't know how long I could be punched in the face without crossing that line mm. of the discipline of this being a boxing match. And, and when Tyson bit Holyfield's ear off, 
That to me was a, the clearest example I can think of in the moment of when you go from, when you cross the line into malicious behavior, mm. right? You have left behind self-control. You've left behind the rules of, 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 the, of the game. You've left behind all of it. And, and you have now become a person who is simply trying to hurt the other person knowing full well that this is a boxing match. It's not a fight for survival. It's not a street fight. Raping Robin Givens, needless to say, mm -hmm. crosses the line between, you know, arguing with somebody and, and being a malicious, horrible monster, which he was. Yeah. And he seems to be repenting that, but that's beside the point. Was that a malicious act, do you think, or do you think he had justification for, for biting that ear? <laughs> Oh, man, forgive me, man, because uh, it's going to sound like I'm kicking a dead horse here. But it's almost like, you know, I'm driven. It's it's a, um, an instinct that took over um, and he just he just succumbed to the instinct. But at the same time, it's why, like, well, then what, the, well, the, let me interrupt you. Mm. Then why is it that every other boxer that I've ever seen on TV did not succumb to that instinct? Th that's a great. But th that's what I'm saying. There's no excuse for it. You know, it, it, with Mike Tyson, you know, if um, when you have this behavior that really makes you feel like you're entitled, where you just mm -hmm. this is what you want. Right. And like like he did with Robin Givens. This is what I want. I'm entitled to it. Right. Okay. And just gave over to full on animal behavior. But here's the thing. Even though we give over to these animalistic behaviors, we still have the faculties to the faculties to, to have logic, to have reason, to have empathy and things like that. So there's once again, there's no excuse for it. For what Mike Tyson did, um, there's a person who is beat his the punch in the face. He's losing his ego is just triggered. Right. And he lost faculties of himself and he went and, and, he, and he bit his ear. Now, I'm not thinking in the moment he's thinking I'm going to justify biting, you know, Holyfield's ear. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's, he's thinking about that or it was what. just animal aggression, dude. It was just it was just he was angry. There it is. He was yeah. angry. And that's just but he's in a business out. where he's where he is required to be only angry to a certain degree. Right. Yes. You have to have those things. And it's like you've, you've gone through enough training. It's not the first time you've been hit in the face. It's not the, it's like, so in this right here, what's the excuse for it? There, there is none. There's no excuse for it. So if you take this example, then. Then and, and you compare him to. I could compare him to Holyfield, but I'm not a big boxing fan. Let's compare mm. him to Muhammad Ali. Mm. Either Muhammad Ali has something that Mike Tyson doesn't have, or Mike Tyson has something that Muhammad Ali doesn't have, right? Because Muhammad Ali never bit anybody on the ear. And Mike Tyson did and did a couple of other things that look pretty low on occasion. Um, clearly... Mike Tyson is a far more damaged individual. He's far more enraged. He's far more aggressive. It, before a fight in the in that whole stage, Ali would be funny. He'd be he'd be insulting. He'd be clever. But he he didn't seem like he was consumed by hate. Tyson before a fight was just you know throwing over chairs and and threatening to kill reporters and stuff like that. There is a maliciousness in Mike Tyson that doesn't exist in Muhammad Ali, and and that quality is what it is we've been trying to get our finger on during this entire interesting, at least interesting to me, discussion. <laughs> Agreed. There's something 
there's something animalistic and wrong about, about Mike Tyson, something broken is a better word, that doesn't exist in Vander Holyfield or George Foreman or Muhammad Ali or any of the other, well, virtually any of the rest of them. And so it's that willingness, it's that, it's that total lack of, of control, that total, that total inability to, to play by the rules. It's like this animalistic impulse to do what I want to do right now that is somehow unhuman. I don't want to say subhuman because that word has gotten us in more trouble than malice ever did. Mm. But there's something unhuman about it. There's something missing in him that isn't missing in any of the other boxers I've ever seen. Yeah, that makes me think of uh, something I found ironic. You know, you have a lot of people out there who they love animals so much. And the thing that they find most endearing about animals is when animals act like people. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. I love this. It's like, look how they're sitting or look how they're walking or look how they respond. It's just like a little person and stuff like that. That's why I like raccoons so much because they they get their little hands and they stand up and, you know, they'll look inside the window and, yeah, I just love them. Right, right. But people, they they love these things about animals because how animals remind them of people. Yet the thing is, people despise people because when they act like animals. So it's... Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind no, of that's weird, true. It's kind of a weird dynamic about how people the, the affinity that they have for animals because they run with people and, and vice versa. But when with Mike Tyson, who knows what's and the thing is, it's not like Mike Tyson has experienced the worst things that could happen to a person in his life. I'm not trying to be dismissive of what's happened in his life. You know, Muhammad Ali has has dealt with some trials in his life, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, what uh, with racism in his time and, and uh, you know, what he was going through. Um, his his uh, upbringing was different. And maybe for him that could now for him, he's been able to, you know, to maintain and make a, a good career for himself. Other people that was very, very damaging. Some people didn't get back up from that. You know, they, they couldn't handle the racism and it really damaged him. So with Mike Tyson, it's like, look, man, you know, these kind of things happen. The worst of it didn't happen to you um, and how you're dealing with it or, you know, taking these things and threatening men that you're going to rape them. You know, yeah. he, he would tell men, it's like, I'll, I'll rape you and I'll make you yep. love me. That's crazy talk. That okay, crazy it, just talk. Is. it really is. It's crazy talk now. But in his mind, it's like, look, you're going to respect me. And that's what it comes down to. You will respect me by any means necessary. And his mind it's a good thing to respect Mike Tyson. You're going to respect Mike Tyson, right? If I've got to pin you down and yep. do whatever I want to do to you, you're going to respect me. He had a really bad upbringing. Now, Mike Tyson was a psychopath, and I don't use that term loosely. I mean it in the clinical definition of the term. A psychopath is somebody who, um, who is coolly and calmly willing to inflict pain on other people because they don't see them as people. They don't, they don't, mm-hmm. it just, they just don't register that way. Um, Muhammad Ali is, is not a psychopath. Adolf Hitler was a psychopath. Joseph Stalin was a psychopath. Um, because there's no human connection, there's no remorse. And I'll just, I'll just I'll close with this, I guess. Uh, when you were talking about animals, uh, nobody, nobody faults a lion for taking down a, a forget a gazelle, a little fawn, right? A little baby gazelle, right? I mean, just a little infant. It's a year old and a lion charges in there and takes this thing in its mouth and essentially starts eating it alive. It's horrible to see. And it, and it causes great sadness to, you know, and, and great feelings of compassion towards the gazelle. But nobody blames the lion for that. No one says it's an evil lion. Everybody knows it's it. And, and Mark Twain, as usual, 
spoke about this. He said, he said, the only animal that can really be evil is man, not because of what we do, but because we're the only species that knows we're doing it. That he called it the moral sense and that humans have a moral sense and therefore because they have the ability to tell right from wrong, they also have the burden of living with those decisions and that's what the definition of evil or maliciousness is. Is, is a, a lion, it cannot be malicious because it has no moral sense of right and wrong. It has no compassion, not towards its prey anyway. And so this is what makes humans humans. And this kind of goes back to, to the garden, right? It's like, this is it. Before, before the apple, Adam had no moral sense. It wasn't the tree of intelligence. It was the tree of knowledge, of, of, of the ability to tell right from wrong. And once you have a bite of that apple, you realize, oh, I'm naked. That's, that's, I shouldn't be naked. Well, how do you know you shouldn't be naked? Well, because I've... So, so it's a violation of this moral sense. And I don't think people get a pass for doing things that they know harm other people because they feel like they, whatever reason they have. Absolutely, man. And, and now that right there, when you're talking, just like you said, because they're seeing somebody and they don't see them as human, in their mind, they have, have, they have done away with their rights and whatnot. And this is why it's one of the first things, it, it is the first thing about the Lord saying, uh, concerning our creation. I am creating man in my image. I am creating man to represent me. When you look upon another human being, this is the value. You're not just looking at another animal. You're not looking at some other organism or anything like that. You are, you are looking at what was created to represent me. That is the fundamental of our value. We're, we're the only species that can really make that kind of connection. And, um, you know, so with, with Adam eating the fruit, you know, cause it's, it's weird because the Bible doesn't say that it was an apple per se. Uh, but, this fruit, Adam had, was left, since we're talking about justification, that's the reason why the wrath of God came down, because Adam had no excuse. This isn't a thing about him being ignorant of morality, good, evil, right, and wrong. He was made in the image of God. He was a pretty savvy guy. So Adam absolutely knew what the deal was even down to what death was like, Adam, you do this, you will die. Adam, a lot of people think that, you know, even in, in Christianity think that Adam didn't know what death was or that death didn't even exist. Of course, death existed because when, before Adam was made, the animals were made and they were given the distinction of wild beast and livestock. Livestock is for our consumption. Adam had to know what death was so the policy could be secure. If Adam was like, well, I don't really know what death is. Well, God couldn't pour out the vengeance. So Adam knew what it was. So not only that, he dropped the ball morally that he did not uh, protect his wife when his snake was pushing up on her. He dropped the ball there. So Adam knew he was made, he was suckered into coveting what he wasn't supposed to have. He stole what he wasn't supposed to have. Right. And by doing so, him and Eve basically became the first murder suicide couple. So mm -hmm. these things that he did was evil and it was a moral evil. OK, I, I think that's really, really interesting uh, to me. Uh, Anthony Fauci is a malicious person. Yeah. And the best example that I've ever seen of the difference between ignorance and or and, and malice 
was uh, the night of the 2016 election when Hillary Clinton supporters were standing out in the rain and cold waiting for her to come out. They voted for her and they believed in her because I thought of ignorance because I, I don't think they know what I know about Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton deciding not to come out and talk to them because she was either too drunk or too upset was just plain malicious. And I have no problem whatsoever making that um, moral distinction because I think if you don't, then you, you become lost. That'll do it for this uh, interesting edition of uh, The Virtue Signal Made Possible by the members here at BillWhittle.com. Uh, if you've been watching and you're not a member, we sure could love to have you join us and you'll find a bunch of friends you didn't know you had before. So for Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time on The Virtue Signal.